is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time for another edition of Mix Shots on this Thursday morning, May 7th, 2020. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and Everson Walls on another one of those days that we've all been waiting for. Yes, this is NFL Schedule Release Day, and we're going to preview that over the course of the next hour. And there's so much more to get to as well. Mickey, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Bill, and uh, it was good to see Everson there take a big last gulp of his coffee uh, that he was drinking. Tea, sir. Green tea. tea, sir. All right. Yes. Yes, the, 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 the drink of champions. The drink Very of champions. good. <laughs> and he is a champion. Everson Walls is a champion. That's exactly right. Are you and, uh, sitting at the edge of your seat just waiting for that schedule to come out? Oh, yes, I am. I am. I can't wait for it. Uh, for a season that we probably won't even play, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. Come now. on now. <laughs> Be optimistic. <laughs> Can somebody give me a, a vaccine? We got vaccine. In, in, hey, in the- this is the most optimistic day <laughs> of this whole. We're, we're entering week number nine of our nation being locked down, basically. This is day number 57. And by the way, speaking of the number 57, I do believe that is the number of interceptions that Everson Walls had That's in right, his National Football League career. Nice but this right. is the most optimistic day because <laughs> we are looking ahead to what will be a season this fall. So do you say Okay, gonna- okay, I'm going to dial it down then, guys. I'm going to dial it down. I'm going to be... <laughs> we're going to we're going to intercept we're going to intercept COVID-19. There you go. There you go. But we got a lot to talk about. The yes. Cowboys have been making news left and right, and they just continue to sign these former first-round draft picks in free agency. Well, Bill, they uh, the, the the last one they just signed, Cameron Irving, uh, and, and I thought this was pretty good, uh, and I'm going to brag on myself uh, because last Friday I talked about – I am. Yeah, so just, just no no ever since no one on else will hold no on one else will seat. brag on Mickey, so he's got to brag on himself. That's right. No one else will. <laughs> so on Friday in my column I talked about all the things the Cowboys accomplished, but they had three more things to accomplish. Uh, one was signing a backup swing tackle. One was to find an inexpensive experienced defensive end for the edge on the right side. And the other one, with all these veteran quarterbacks out there floating around, why not sign one of those guys to an inexpensive contract as a backup? So what did they do the next day? They signed Dalton, Andy Dalton, to be the backup quarterback. And then yesterday, Cameron Irving to be the backup swing tackle, or at least compete for it. Uh, so that one more step to go. And they so it's Jadavian Clowney rusher. next. Maybe if he wants to play in a one-year prove-it deal. I bet he doesn't. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, um, and usually it comes down to what his salary demands are. And that was the, that was the beauty of this Andy Dalton deal, uh, Mickey, when you look at, at what Dalton uh, was willing to play for. You know, when you look at his whole contract situation, um, you know, I believe he was due to make around $17 million. Obviously, he was not going to make that this year uh, with, with Cincinnati. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was uh, very prudent on his part to go to the Bengals and say, hey, you're going to let go of me eventually anyway, do it now. And, uh, and it only took a couple of days before he had a deal with uh, what is essentially his hometown team, uh, the Cowboys. And he got some money up front, which uh, he was not, you know, depending on what happens with this season, he may not get any money uh, if we play this out and we don't have a season the way his contract was structured before. <laughs> so so bill yeah you're exactly right and uh you know the cowboys were able to have another you know another player just fall in their lap all the all the things kind of met right uh dalton becomes a free agent they released him he's willing to accept a backup role uh and at a backup role price uh, you mentioned they got him for a good deal. I mean, it's a one-year, $3 million deal. He gets a million dollars up front, $2 million base salary, and incentives that he can make a heck of a lot more if he has to play. So to me, it, it, it's an insurance policy for a guy uh, that has started 133 games uh, in his career in the National Football League. And this is kind of their John Kitna, Kyle Orton Mark Sanchez type deal where uh, you get a guy that has experience. You know, he has, Dalton has as many Pro Bowl appearances as Cooper Rush had NFL career attempts, three each, right? <laughs> so to me, to get this guy, at, at, and here's the other thing that falls in their lap he's got a house here in Dallas. So in this and he said yesterday in his conference call that, you know, the COVID-19 thing didn't have anything to do with it, but it certainly makes it easier to play for a team and you don't have to move somewhere else. You don't have to move your family because in the offseason they live here in Dallas uh, and was willing to pay, pay, play for, like I said, $3 million plus incentives, and he put a million dollars in the bank already with the signing bonus. And as you said, or as Everson said, if they don't play the season, he still gets the signing bonus, I would imagine. They're not going to cancel that out. Uh, so at least he, he made some money, and he was unemployed. Hey, it's May 1st. I don't have a job. I don't know if I'm going to play any games. And he took care of all that stuff by signing with the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it was, it was very smart. Okay, and, uh, and Ever Everson, I am being told uh, by our producer, Chris Bean, that you need to reboot your app in case you aren't hearing uh, Chris. And so until I get word that Everson uh, is, is back with us, uh, Mickey, let's, uh, let's talk about this. You know, Dalton, I think it's, it's easy for 
Andy to go to his wife and say, hey, this is the way this lays out. We don't know whether we're going to have a season or not right now. We've got no money coming in. I take this deal with our hometown team, and we got our bills paid and then some uh, up front right now. Well, Bill, and you know the other thing he probably looked at is he saw how other quarterbacks have kind of done a similar thing and rebooted their careers. Uh, think about you know what Teddy Bridgewater did in New Orleans. Uh, he gets a job in Carolina. Foles kind of rebooted his career. It uh, didn't work out in Jacksonville, but he's in Chicago. He, you get Jameis Winston probably looked around and said, huh, musical chairs are spinning and I may not have a seat. I'll, I'll, I'll go take this one-year deal uh, with the Saints and maybe the same thing can happen. And look what happened to Ryan Tannehill. He kind of bet on himself going to Tennessee, and then yep. he ends up the starting quarterback. So I'm sure uh, Dalton looked at this thing and said, okay, you know, I, I still think I'm a starting quarterback, but if I have to be a backup for a year, so be it. And and like I said, and, and if he plays, he makes more money. If he if he plays 50% of the regular season snaps uh, and the Cowboys go to the playoffs, he makes another million dollars. If he plays 35% of the snaps and plays 50% of the snaps in the playoffs and they win a first-round game, he makes another $500,000. So, again, he understands he's in a situation where uh, he's the insurance policy. If they don't need him, okay, he makes $3 million. If they need him, he has an opportunity to make more if he's productive. i got to say, I read a, uh, a quote from him saying that he's working on the second half of his career. <laughs> that made me a little nervous, okay? I, I don't want him to work on the second half of his career here. That means that Dak is not playing. All right, so I, I did. I wasn't. I was not happy about those words at all. Uh, if he's gonna come here, I want him to be here for one year. If a Teddy Bridgewater thing happens for him, that means that Dak has gone down for one reason or another. So, you know, I love my homeboy coming back home. I'm all about the Texas athlete. Me and Bill, we're all about that. But now I don't want Andy. I don't want Andy to touch the field unless it's a blowout. I'm sorry. <laughs> And, and, and you know what? And he and he understands that by, by saying that, I think he understands that uh, the market will be different next year because he got released so late. So teams have already drafted their quarterbacks. They've already signed all these other veterans, and he was late to the party because, as Bill said, Cincinnati kind of hung on to him until they finally said, well, what was it, Bill, the last two days of April before they released him? Sure. The and, last and day of April? And, and you can really relate it to Nick Foles at, at Jacksonville because early on in free agency, when obviously Chicago uh, once wanted to have competition for Mitchell Trubisky, and there was a lot of talk that maybe there'd be a trade where Dalton could go from Cincinnati uh, to Chicago. Well, they went mm -hmm. with Nick Foles, and had Dalton been released at the beginning of free agency, he would have been right in the mix to get the same kind of contract that Foles got in Chicago, which is, I believe, $20 million guaranteed. Whoa, uh, whoa. Yeah, to, to, to reboot his career, you know. Um, now that's so, falling uphill right there. Twenty million yeah. versus one mil. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, and the other part of this is, it doesn't for us right now as we are in day number fifty-seven of this lockdown. It seems like the days are going very slow. But really, it, when you look at 
the next six months or whatever, this calendar is going to go real fast in the NFL. And before you know it, Andy, we're going to be through this next season, and Andy Dalton is going to be out there as a free agent and be able to play the market. He, I mean, the way that's one way he can look at it is, hey, he's back home. He gets to play with the with the Cowboys, even if he doesn't touch the field, whatever. It, then he's got six months to learn under Mike McCarthy and, and these other guys. How about the other uh, thing with this where he rejoins now uh, with a coaching staff uh, going yeah. back to his college days. Where wow. He played against – he split uh, with Boise State when he was at TCU. Uh, Kellen Moore was a quarterback. Uh, beat him, I think, in the Poinsettia Bowl, lost to him in the Fiesta Bowl. And then Scott Tolzien is also on this Cowboys coaching staff. He was the quarterback at Wisconsin when TCU played Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl and had their uh, perfect 13-0 and seasons. That's pretty interesting. Oh, nice. no, absolutely. And, Good you know, stuff, Bill. If you, and, 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 and the thing, Everson, is, you know – and I've always said this about guys that are backup quarterbacks. The best thing for a backup quarterback is to never have to play because then you don't find <laughs> out why they're a backup quarterback, right? <laughs> but in his case, he's only 32. He's played nine years. And he's, his numbers are pretty darn good if you take out this past season when Cincinnati obviously was just horrible and it wasn't just a quarterback play. But we're talking about a guy that the first five years of his career – he led the Bengals, and let me repeat that, the Bengals to five right. playoffs. Say it again, Nick. There the you go. Bengals went to five straight playoffs, and he started as a, a rookie. Now, the fifth year he led them, unfortunately, you know, that might have been a big season for uh, Cincinnati. They won the first seven games. They were sitting there at 10-2 and two, uh, going into game 13, and in the first quarter he broke his thumb, and A.J. McCarron had to take over. Uh, for the Bengals, they lost that game. They ended up going two and two over the final four, and and Dalton didn't play anymore. And then in the playoff in the playoff game, the first round, McCarron had to start, and they got beat by Pittsburgh eighteen sixteen. But had Dalton been able to finish that season, who knows where Cincinnati might have gone? So he's been pretty good. He's the second best quarterback in the history uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and the only one that was better was Ken Anderson, and Ken Anderson played 16 whoa, whoa. seasons. What about Boomer? But he won more games than Boomer. He threw for more yards. that's saying a lot. That and, is and saying a lot. And he didn't play as many games as Boomer did. Boomer played one more game than he did. Interesting. And speaking of A.J., he didn't have A.J. Green this past season. And uh, we've seen around here what it's like for a quarterback when you don't have a number one receiver. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I have to say, I, I had no idea that he was only 32 years old. I guess when you're starting as a rookie, you just tend to think that a player is older than what they really are at that point because they start off so early in their careers. At 32 years old, he can really offer a lot of advice to uh, that. I mean, let's be real. Kellen is a great guy, but it's always good to have somebody there that's had more experience than you doing certain situations, and you can hopefully lean on that guy. I don't know how much uh, Dak was leaning on Tony Romo when uh, Dak took over for Romo, his first year starting, but hopefully uh, that kind of helped Dak's progression early on because he had a great first season. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe Andy Dalton can do that for Dak this year to where when you get those, those, those away games where he doesn't have a good game going, against one of the better defenses. We know how badly he was in regards to 
playing against really good defenses. So maybe a guy like Dalton can help him through some bad stretches because let's let's face it, guys, he's going to have some bad stretches like any quarterback. You know, and, and along those lines, uh, listening to Gary Patterson, his old co- uh, coach at uh, TCU, talk about him. You know, Andy Dalton is the type player that uh, that he's a, he's a team guy. He's going to do what he can to help Dak Prescott. He understands what his role is right now. And, and Dak talks a lot about the effect that Mark Sanchez had on him uh, early in his career here in Dallas mm-hmm. when he was the, the backup quarterback here. I think it's important, even for Dak now going into his fifth year, to have a guy – uh, as they build a relationship here, to have a guy that he trusts who can point out some things uh, on the sideline uh, as the game's going along, even uh, where he might not have the same kind of access to coaches in those situations. That's right. Yeah, That's it's right, good to yeah. have a – I mean, think about it. Romo had Brad Johnson in his ear uh, as a young starting quarterback. Then he had John Kitna, uh, Kyle Orton. Uh, so he, for, for several of those, those first seven, eight years in the league, uh, he had a veteran quarterback behind him. Uh, and then these past couple years, Dak was kind of the guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if, if he doesn't play, just having his voice there uh, to go along with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and Tolzien and Nussmeyer, uh, that's just a plus, I think. And, again, the, it only cost them $900,000 more against the cap than it would have if they kept Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush's restricted free agency contract was $2.1 million, uh, and this guy's playing for three. So how many TCU players does that give us, guys? <laughs> What's that? How many, how many TCU, TCU players? players do we have this year all of a sudden? What's going on? <laughs> three for sure that I know of. The two, there you got uh, the two rookie yeah, free the, agents. Yeah, the two rookie free agents. Shewo Olanalua. There you go, Bill. You got it, baby. (laughs) And and Darius Jed Anderson. A lot of people are thinking that uh, either one of those guys have a real shot at making this team. The Cowboys have an opening as a third running back on this team. And Alana Lua, uh, he's going to be challenging Jameez Olawali uh, as that fullback type, although he's not a – he didn't play fullback in college, but you look at his dimensions and he could fill that role, be yes, sort of an could. H-back, caught like 60 passes out of the backfield at TCU. I really like the way he runs the ball between the tackles, too, and so it's going to be interesting. There's just – talking with Will McClay last week about him, there's just, you know, there's not very many roster spots for – especially for a fullback type, and so there is competition there. And uh, if he, but I, I do believe that if he doesn't make the team, that he could be a, a prime candidate for the practice squad. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other guy of the undrafted guys um, that uh, Will mentioned to me that he liked a lot was the South Carolina running back, Rico Dowdell, um, or Dowdell. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but um, we're going to learn how to pronounce it pretty quickly because there will be a season and Everson <laughs> there will be a preseason in fact oh no wait a minute Bill hold on I want, now. I want to know when's this preseason schedule coming out <laughs> so Bill uh, to just to go on to what you just said about uh, uh, about the running back I mean they have room for a third running back if they want uh, on the 55-man roster. Yeah, they need one, yeah. They need one. one. And from a fullback standpoint, I didn't know much about this dude until I saw his highlights. And the way he runs, I can tell he's got the mindset to be a fullback, right? Uh, Because he does run pretty hard 
between the tackles and listening to an interview with him. He sounds like he's a very willing blocker, and if he can catch the ball, who knows? He he just might challenge Olawali for that fullback spot. Keep an eye and on he, this guy. And he's, he's a smart guy, too. Graduated in three and a half years from TCU. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 When you start talking about players like that, guys, you have to get him in open field. If he's going to play that H-back, you give him the ball at the right time, he's going to look for somebody to run over in the secondary. That might be a nice transition to use him in specialty situations, goal line, short yardage, and be able to open up the game and give you some options versus run and pass. That would be pretty good. Let me ask Chris Beam, our producer. We need to take a break here, Chris Beam. All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with more mixed shots here in just a moment. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too right above the subway well i bet you don't even notice it after the that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down based on gws1 score september 2019 back, back, back. to mixed shots With Mick Shots here, and we are here each and every Thursday live at 11 o'clock from 11 to noon. Of course, you can also access it to archive, DallasCowboys.com, the usual places that you find all the Cowboys' great programming. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls. We talked a lot about Andy Dalton in the first segment. Let's talk Cam Irving as uh, Mickey. The Cowboys replace one Cam with another Cam. And uh, you were never very high on Cam Fleming. What have you researched on Cam Irving? Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully this Cam is better than the previous Cam. Although, you know, the Giants signed him for $4 million. I don't know how much of that is incentive stuff, but... Uh, you know, at least this guy has played games in the league, has started. He started 42 games uh, between uh, Cleveland, where he was a first-round uh, draft choice, and then he got traded to Kansas City. 
Uh, he started 25 games for the Chiefs. And the other thing about him is he's played all three spots on the offensive line uh, in the NFL. He's played he's played guard. He's played center. He's played tackle. Uh, and, and, you know, in 2018, he started 13 of 14 games for, uh, for Kansas City. Uh, so, again, and in his career, 2,800 snaps. So uh, I like the fact that, uh, you know, even though Kansas City declined picking up his fifth-year uh, option, he, he started those games at guard. So maybe what if you had a backup swing tackle who was also could serve as your backup guard too? Uh, that's a pretty good deal there. So I I can't say I've watched him play. You know, I, I, yeah, let's 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 keep giving it. Let's keep giving it up, guys. Let's keep giving it up for Will McClay, man. This guy's yeah. out there hustling. I, I think this 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 pandemic is is the best thing that happened to him. Uh, uh, and I'm hoping I'm saying that I'm saying that jokingly, but he is on top of it. I mean, you've got guys out there that he's picking up, and these are quality individuals. I don't know about the Alvin Smith move. That was something that baffled me a little bit. But when you look at the other moves he's made from the draft on down to these free agents, and not just the undrafted free agents, but those free agents, those veteran free agents that are out there, to me, I think this is a big-time quality move. You can get back, you can get security in almost every position on the offensive line. Well, and it was a necessary move for this team too. I mean, uh, they. Uh, they had to have a veteran guy who's a swing tackle. Yeah, Brandon Knight, as a rookie, started one game at right tackle last year. But they had to, and, and there's been talk about, okay, you could have Connor Williams go out and play tackle, whatever, and start training him out there. But uh, because he played left tackle at Texas, but uh, they needed a guy with experience in this league to back up both tackle spots. And Mickey, when you look at Cam Irving last year. He, uh, he actually started eight games at left tackle last year. Eric Fisher went down on the fifth play of the second game of the season, and Irving came in uh, and, and filled that void for half a season before Eric Fisher got back, and, he, and Eric Fisher was able to play uh, the last half of the season and then on through the Super Bowl uh, for Kansas City. Uh, so if you can have somebody like that, and they had a pretty good season in Kansas City. Yeah, and their so offense left tackle was pretty good, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and again, it, and it's, an, it's another one of those one-year kind of prove-it deals, you know. If you get to play, maybe you get an opportunity to prove yourself. If you don't get to play, it's a one-year deal. I'm assuming it's very inexpensive. Uh, and, and, and that's the sort of thing I think they need to look for at the defensive end spot, too, now, because there's still a couple veteran guys out there that you would recognize their names. Uh, and if you can get them on, on a kind of a one-year prove-it deal uh, as insurance against Smith, Alden Smith or, or Randy Gregory not being reinstated, you can't just assume that that's going to happen. You can't just assume that Tyrone Crawford comes back from two uh, hip surgeries uh, and he's the same Tyrone Crawford. And if, and if he is, you still want a better pass rusher over there for nickel downs at least. So Crawford could hold it down against the run for sure. Uh, but you just need that guy coming off the edge. And the only other guys you had out there were Dorrance Armstrong and uh, Jalen Jelks. And uh, so you, you needed somebody else. And you still need it. So I would imagine that's... That's the next move if, if they can find somebody to do what Dalton did and what Irving has done. I, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit to uh, one of the uh, unsigned uh, uh, free agents 
What about this guy from, uh, I think it's James Madison, Rondell Carter? Yeah. What do yep. you know about him, Spags? Uh, he looks, I, I, he looks I, I really heard, good. Yeah, I heard good things about him, and I heard they were really excited to uh, get him uh, signed. And, and some of the, uh, the highlights I've seen on him sure looks uh, uh, like a possibility. You know, and I didn't mention Anai, uh, the fifth-round draft choice, and you know, this guy, here's another guy, and I talked about all these things that just kind of happened for the Cowboys. Well, this guy w- was one of the top co- collegiate defensive ends and one of the best ever That's at right. the University of Utah, and there he is in the in the fifth round for him. So, uh, again, yes. they, they just keep having these personnel uh, <laughs> lucky deals just land in their laps, and, you know, that might be another one. We'll see. You know, um, and the other thing, as far as uh, the defensive end uh, spot goes, with these free agents, it's interesting because they did it with Dalton, giving him some money up front with, with the environment that we're in right now. I haven't seen the details on Cam Irving, but there probably was bonus money pay, pay, paid in advance. Some of these guys, these defensive ends that you're talking about, the veteran guys that are out there in free agency right now, who in other years might wait until you get closer to the season at this point, and you know you might have a, a, a need in training camp. Someone blows out a knee or whatever, and you wait till the end of training camp to sign with a team, thinking because you don't have offers right now. But a team like the Cowboys, who have some money to spend, you know, who have an owner willing to spend some upfront money, one of these free agents, you can get a jump on some of these other teams. By going ahead and giving them some upfront money right now, uh, and where they might sign with you rather than waiting because they aren't sure whether there's going to be a season or not, kind of the same uh, mindset that maybe Dalton and Irving had. Yeah, sign for a couple hundred thousand dollars, and you could you could uh, send your check from the government back saying, <laughs> "I don't need that twelve hundred." <laughs> Hey, I'm still waiting on my check, man. I'm Don't make too. the government I'm mad. Too. I, yeah. I need more check. people to send them back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I remember hey. when I left the Cowboys, uh, Jimmy and I, of course, we didn't get along, and that, that was all very publicized. But uh, one thing that I was always appreciative of Jimmy, and I'm sure he was appreciative as well, he was thinking, you need to get the hell out, get the hell out of here right now. I want you gone immediately. I want you out of my hair. And that was the same way I was thinking. I wanted to go ahead and get away from this situation so that I could embed myself uh, quickly into another organization's plans for the offseason. I did not want until, I didn't want to wait until the offseason was almost over before I decided to sign. I wanted to make sure I got out there, got away from where I was, and, and really start a good relationship early on. Uh, with the New York Giants at the time. So to me, I did not want to wait. And I, I wasn't comfortable. I would not have been comfortable with waiting uh, later on in the offseason. You know, if you I, think about it, the same thing uh, th- that happened to Dalton sort of happened to Troy Aikman in 2001 uh, because he had a, uh, if I remember correctly, a $7 million roster bonus coming at some point in March. Uh, and, and, you know, Jerry, uh, he didn't want to have, or maybe it wasn't March, maybe it was later on, and Jerry was hoping to release him after June 1. Uh, that way they could spread out the dead money uh, from his signing bonus. And Troy wanted to get released right away, 
because he thought he had an opportunity for another job. Uh, specifically, right. uh, Norv Turner, I think, was the offensive coordinator in San Diego, and he was looking at, That's well, right. I'm going to hire right. a backup quarterback. I can get that job. And he didn't get released. And by the time they finally came together and got released, uh, they had uh, the Chargers had signed Doug Flutie, and, and that job was gone. And then I think it was like a month later he decided to retire. But he had the same idea. Right that uh, Everson was talking about. Let me get out there quick now and, and find me a new spot before all the spots are taken. That's right. Hey, uh, Everson mentioned Jimmy Johnson. Of course, Jimmy Johnson uh, replaced Tom Landry as head coach of the Cowboys. He also replaced Don Shula as head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, Don Shula passed away this week at the age of 90. Everson, you got some memories of Don Shula? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I just remember balls just flying over my head. <laughs> it was a lot of them. I think both receivers took a chunk out of my butt uh, during that ball game. Uh, Duriel Harris, uh, I couldn't remember the other guy's name, uh, the Italian guy, uh, wide receiver. He was a heck of a player. Both of those guys, man, I started off early with a couple of picks, and at the end of the game, I had to finally get one, and uh that was one of the more exciting games I think the Cowboys have ever been in with the uh, Miami Dolphins. And that's including, what was that, Bill, Super Bowl eleven, Or was that Super Bowl twelve when the Cowboys and the Dolphins played? Well, it had been earlier. That was at the 71 season. Uh, mm-hmm. The Cowboys beat the Dolphins 24-3 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl and then the Dolphins, then after that, the Dolphins end up going uh, 17-0 that right. next year, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, uh, back then you had the two great coaches going at it, and, and somehow I became the focus of this doggone ball game because they, kept, they just kept coming at me and coming at me. And that's one thing about Shula. Shula is a guy that will t- attack your weakness no matter what. I don't care how many times he's going to come at you He's going to keep coming at you until you stop him. I stopped him early on in the game. They kept coming at me. We were going back and forth. Tony Dorsett was balling. Uh, our wide receivers were doing a good job. And at the end of the game, Ron Springs had put us ahead with an amazing touchdown pa- uh, a catch. Afterwards, they drove right back down over my head once again, drove right back down with a couple of big plays, and they were in field goal range, Spags. If you recall, oh, no. I thought Von Schaumann, I thought, he, I thought they were in field goal range before they decided to go back to the well one too many times. And he came at me. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, D.D. Lewis or Bob Brunick made him throw the quick slant pass a little high, and that's all the, the break that I needed. It came right into my arms and, and ended up uh, sealing the ball game. Well, he, but that's and the thing Emerson, about Shula. Yeah, Emerson ended up intercepting the ball at the six-yard line. They and the Cowboys ended up winning twenty-eight twenty-seven. But yeah, yeah all he had to do was all he had to do was line up and kick a field goal. They just needed to kick a full field he goal. Just, he got time. greedy. Well, you know he what he was so worried greedy. about is they couldn't stop Danny White throwing to Tony Hill <laughs> and Drew Pearson. Uh, and, and the amazing thing was is you know we always talk about the comebacks that Roger uh, produced. With five minutes to go in the game, the Cowboys fell behind 27-14. Yep. And, and, and they came down. 
uh, and they scored to make it uh, 27-21. And then Dennis Thurman uh, intercepted a pass. Yes. Uh, and set that. up. Ooh, and the next play, pick. White throws the, the touchdown to Springs. Uh, the, they stopped the Dolphins. The Cowboys get the ball back. And they didn't do anything. And here they came again. And they had to get yeah. the interception uh, to be able to preserve. The Cowboys ended up s- s- intercepting Woodley five times. Five if any, times. If anybody wants to be entertained, just go to YouTube and call up <laughs> 1981 Cowboys Dolphins, and I guarantee you it was awfully entertaining. And, Bill, it reminded me of how fast that Tony De- uh, Dorsett was. Boy, he would hit the hole and just glide through there. I think they 1981 no may have been his best overall year, Spags. 1981 was a big year for Tony Dorsett. So was that Italian wide receiver Jimmy Cephalo? Jimmy Cephalo. Thank That's you, sir. That's what I was going to say, and I thank you, sir. to it. <laughs> Jimmy Cephalo. That quick Italian boy, that quick Italian was out there kicking my butt, man. We, we ended up meeting each other a little bit later on uh, after we retired. We talked about that game. Uh, I'll tell you one more thing about Shula. You know, he loved his kids. Uh, Dave Shula came here, if you recall. He was our offensive coordinator, right, Spags? And, yep. In 1989. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, God, did he make it two years? He was just that horrible. I'm sorry. Yes, no. Uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor said that uh, Shula's offense was so basic that he thought it was a trick. (laughs) You remember that interview after the Giants game? He said it was so simple, he thought it was a trick. So I mentioned that on uh, the Randy Galloway show. And so... Uh, I think Shula told uh, Dave Shula told his dad, Coach Don, that Everson is down here talking about me bad on the radio. <laughs> and, and so Shula, dad, Daddy Shula goes to Gary Myers, Spags. He goes to Gary Myers and goes, "Hey, what's going on with this Emerson guy? Why is he talking about my Emerson. son so bad?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my two. That's my two memories of uh, Don Shula, man. He never wanted to say my name right. He never you know, wanted what, to say what my got name me, right. What reminded me, uh, you know, ninety years old, he had the most wins in the National Football League. Amazing, was, amazing. Was the fact that you know, let's let's remember, they started off with the Baltimore Colts. Yes. Uh, and then after they lost to the Jets in that Super Bowl, uh, the next year he got traded to Miami. He, they gave up a first-round pick for Don Shula. I had forgotten all about that. That's right. Wow. That's right. I do remember him being with the Colts. He actually coached with them as well, right? Yes, yes, both. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, in uh, fact, in, all right, he was hired as – and we need to go to break after this – but he was hired in 1963 at age 33 as head coach of the Baltimore Colts. That's in right. 33 years as a head coach in the National Football League, Don Shula had two losing seasons. Two losing it's seasons amazing. in 33 years. So some gr- some great memories there. And uh, whenever you mention David Shula, I always think of Iowa State <laughs> <laughs> and Barry Switzer. And uh, maybe we'll tell that story when we come Please back. Please do. I want to hear that story. Here in just a moment. <laughs> Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back, back to mixed shots. Hey, if I told you this shave is on, where do you think I'm going, guys? We're going to getjackblack.com. Of course we are, yes. Absolutely, because this week... You can choose a shave product free with your $60 purchase. You can get a, a pre-shave cream. You can get beer lube. There it is. Lube. Right beer. there. Lube. Beer. Beer lube. <laughs> and also you can get post-shave cooling gel. All this free if you spend $60 going to Get Jack Black. Dot com and use the code SHAVE. So you, you, do, you, do, here, use it. you do use it, right, Spags? You use I it? do, absolutely. I can't see you right now. Are you just looking gorgeous? Are you, are you beaming? Are you just I, beaming? I, I actually <laughs> shave for the show. <laughs> are you getting out much, Mickey? Uh, not very much, Bill. Okay. How about you, Everson? Yeah, I'm getting out, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, I do a lot of jogging. I'm, I'm uh, walking with my dog in the neighborhood. My dog hides from me now. <laughs> Doesn't want to go? He hides. Every time I grab the leash, he's like peeping around the corner. Like, I go left, he goes right. Yeah, he's... What he's, kind of dog do you have, Everson? A mutt. That's what I have. Okay. I have a... All right. You know, I'm from the hood, uh, Bill. I have mutts. We don't really name them. <laughs> we don't really know what they are. We just get them. You know, they're just dogs. What's his name? <laughs> Marley, after Bob. Marley, okay. <laughs> I've got two beagles, and they're about 12 years old now, Bo and Romo. See, and you can tell you're not from the hood because you know what they are. They're beagles. I have they're no beagles. idea what mine is. That's right. That's right, yep. <laughs> All right, Mickey, uh, would you like to tell the story about Dave Shula and Iowa State? Uh, as I could remember it, uh, the Cowboys were getting ready to play Cincinnati, where – 
Dave Shula, I mean, where Dave Shula was the head coach, right? That's in right. 1994, yeah. 94, right. Switzer's the head coach of the Cowboys, and he said something to the effect of, well, yeah, you know, it's, did he say it was like, it's, it's kind of like we're going to play Iowa State? Yeah, I think the Bengals were maybe winless. Right. Uh, it was about sixth week of the season, something like that. I don't remember where it was in the season. And in this press conference that week, uh, Switzer said, "Yeah, you know, this is." And he didn't. He really didn't mean <laughs> anything bad by right, it. But you right. know, Switzer, and whatever enters his enters his brain. The fact that you have now. to explain this before you you, you divulge it, that's I mean, not a good thing. We, we just so. have to remember Switzer didn't have a filter, okay? That's right, right. Uh, so anyway, uh, I can think of some similarities with someone else, but I won't go, go there right now. Uh, so Switzer said, Switzer said, yeah, you know, this is, you know, we, we have these kind of games when I was at OU, you know, you play Iowa State and you got to get them ready to play. <laughs> and uh, so the post-game handshake after the Cowboys barely squeaked out a victory in Cincinnati. Uh, do you recall what Dave Shula said? Do you recall that handshake there? I, 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 I don't think it was a handshake. It was kind of a hand no. slap, right? <laughs> right. And he said something like, "Take how's that for Iowa State or something to the effect? Yeah. Well, no, he said, you can take that Iowa State and <clears throat> yeah, right. yeah. stick it somewhere. So, wait, wait. So, did, did Shula win? No, the Cowboys won the game. No, the Cowboys. So, wait, um, he's, so he's bragging about almost. Because they got No, no, close. no, no. He was, he it, was it was mad. close. The Cowboys yeah, had to it, come from behind to win. Right. Yeah, but you still lost. You still no, lost. No, but he, he he didn't say it like Mickey said. He said it like, take that Iowa State and stick it somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. They beat him 20, 23-20. Right, right. And so I'm anyway. guessing it was a last-second, last-minute field goal yeah. win. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just glad they didn't talk about, uh, you know, the maturation of, of, of cows and bulls and all that kind of stuff because, <laughs> you know uh, – he had a little. He had a little uh, quote about a young man not really uh, maturing yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> something about something happened. Something happened. Dropped something yet. not. Something not descending yet. Something it hadn't descended yet. <laughs> they had a lot of quotes. Hey, between him and Parcells, the, the PC didn't enter their vocabulary. No, it did not. And I'm, I have to say, which this, was guys, great, by the way. Can, can I can I say this? You know, you're looking at TCU, who had a, a great uh, draft day, draft couple of days, 2020. Yeah, and uh, just great athletes. Obviously, some of them, a lot of first rounders and really notable uh, drafts and notable teams. If you have all those draft picks, what the hell happened to your season? Well, the quarterback. Can somebody is very tell important. me that? It, it goes to show that quarterback position is very important, whether it's at yeah. the NFL level, the college level, high school level, you name it. And they were, they were not good at the quarterback position. They they needed a backup, obviously, right? <laughs> there yeah, you go. They, they, went, they went five and seven. They went five right. and seven. Well, they and, they did struggle uh, offensively. So yeah, uh, and that that really hurt them. And that's the thing, Jalen Rager, who went to the Eagles, first-round draft pick, uh, one of those guys you're talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and that may be one of the reasons the Eagles are so excited uh, for Rager is that he, he didn't have much at quarterback at TCU, especially his last year there. And uh, he still 
you know, he has that potential. The other guy, another guy you're talking about, Jeff Gladney, cornerback, who is a yes. late first, and then Ross Blacklock, a defensive tackle. Uh, so TCU, yeah, they they killed it come draft day. But I was wondering the same thing: how'd they go <laughs> five and seven? <laughs> and the coaches up there bragging, like, "Hey guys, I got a lot of guys out there." You know, they just let you know the talent we have here at TCU, but yet we're five and seven. So when you have a defense that still was in good shape. I really thought they could have done a lot better than five and seven in the Big Twelve. All right, Mickey. The uh, draft—I uh, mean, the uh, schedule, schedule comes out tonight. Yes. And in fact, on DallasCowboys.com, uh, you're going to get a little sneak peek of it starting at six thirty tonight. Going to get a jump start on the NFL Network at seven o'clock. Um, so, what intrigues you about this schedule? We can run down out, outside of the NFC East. The Cowboys. Uh, home games uh, this year will be against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, San Francisco, Arizona, and Atlanta. Road games at Baltimore, Cincinnati, the Rams, Seattle, and Minnesota. So uh, I- I'm wondering um, if, and not 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 to mention cancellations or postponements, but would the COVID thing have any effect on the order of games? Like, do you do you want to play uh, as many of your division games right away? Do you want to push them back in case some of the early games get canceled? I, I, I'm just wondering if any of that has affected uh, the order of some of these games uh, early in the season. Uh, the one the thing that I worry about is the different. Uh, uh, governing states and and how they will treat the season itself. You know, even different cities uh, like Los Angeles, right now they're not trying to play any games. Uh, New Orleans, the Saints, you know, they're not trying to have, have any type of big gatherings because of the hot spot that they were in, especially uh, last month. Would, I mean, how, how can they have one governing uh, Response because it seems like each city has different rules versus another city. I think that's what uh, that's what worries me about going from state to state and city to city. Those road games might be a little tricky in regards to what the regulations might be in regards to COVID. Well, I think it's going to be ended up being based on what happens nationally uh, because as they've talked about, even starting the possibility of opening up facilities here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it has to be a national thing. It can't be state to state like, well, the, uh, Texas, they don't care. Anybody can go out and do what they right. want. Let the Cowboys right. practice. Right. Well, in New Jersey, they're probably not letting the Giants and the Jets there do There you that. go. Thank so you, So to make it yes. equitable, it's got to be league-wide. And I think that uh, if the season starts on time, it'll be league-wide. The other thing I was wondering is, you know, do you, do you want to, you know, push as many uh, of the, say, the Chargers and Rams and 49ers home games back further and, and make them go on the road so teams don't have to go into California or the same thing, teams don't have to go into New Jersey uh, that early yeah. in the season if it starts on time? That's what I was kind of wondering about. On, on if any of that affects the, the orders of the games. 
I think basically once they're ready to go, they're going to be ready to go. But I do think that they might they may look at it that way uh, right now as they make out the schedule that if you push back, especially the New York, uh, you know, the two New York teams, uh, well, you, you got the same thing going on throughout the Northeast, really, Massachusetts, um, Buffalo, whatever, um, where you might start them on the road. But I, I think – to answer your, the first part of your question, do you play more uh, division games early in anticipation? What if you had a disruption of the season? I think if you had a, disru- a, a second wave of this, a disruption of the season, it, the chances of resuming the season are so remote that just look at, look at what's going on with the NBA right now. I mean, in the NHL, where it, it ended March 15th, and here we are May 7th, and we have, right. we have no idea whether they're going to be able – I mean, it doesn't look good that they're going to be able to resume. They're although they're holding out hope. So I think, I think if, if there's a disruption in the season uh, in any way, it's going to be a delayed start of the season more so than uh, you know something happens in November. I think something happens in November, it's probably crashed. You know that it's, right. it's not going to resume at any point. And so I, maybe I, that's the thing. I think everyone needs to be ready for a could be a major shift. In when we play, you know, football right. may you know football may be moved to the winter, you know, instead of the fall. You know, baseball could be moved further down the line, maybe with an abbreviated season, and then try to catch up again in 2021. Uh, I'm, I'm wide open. I'm sure that the NFL is as well in regards to what their options might be. It would also be interesting to see how, uh, you know, if they do play games, are they going to put seventy and 90,000 people in the stadium? Uh, are they going to restrict it? I'm, I'm, going to be mail, I'm going to be mailing in my cardboard cutout. I'm just telling you right now. I'm mailing mine in. You ain't showing up already, there. I've already got guys, mine. Right? I've already got mine. Yeah, it's already cut out. Well, and I was thinking, uh, you know, of, of us, too, uh, covering games. You know, you could just say, okay, cover it off a of TV. Uh, you ain't going to games. You ain't traveling to games. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, there's a lot of stuff still up in the yeah, air. But again, they they are talking about phasing in, opening the facilities, letting a few people in the facilities. I would imagine it would be the coaches, uh, and, and then at some point trying to get the players in there. Uh, I'm sure we're the last ones in the door, right? But I do think that they have a window there where. Um, yeah, all right. Normally, they, as it stands right now, the Cowboys would be reporting around July 22nd or so since they're in the Hall of Fame game on August 7th, whatever that date is. I mean, you push it back. Let's say training camp started in September. The regular mm-hmm. season starts in October. Then you're pushing back to where the Super Bowl would be played uh, <clears throat> March or whenever. Uh, so they've got a window where you can, you can slide it back a couple of months and still yep. play through the winter months. And like you say, you can, like I said, you can, you can abbreviate the schedule, as you guys were saying earlier. Let's just get the the district, uh, the, the division games out of the way. And uh, if I don't know, can they just go on a whim? Can they say, okay, we're going to start off divisional games and then schedule more during the season? Spags? Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, that's that's going to be the, the the interesting thing there for sure. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, Bill, and since we're, we're talking about the future, I, I ran across this on uh, NFL.com, uh, and I don't know how they projected this because it's too hard to figure out when it's real. 
but they ended up projecting the compensatory picks for 2021 draft. Uh, and the way they figured it out, and, and the equation takes into so many factors uh, on how many guys you lost, how many guys you plays, replaced, how much guys got paid, how much you paid your guys to bring them in. Uh, but whoever did it had the Cowboys uh, coming up with the most compensatory picks for 2021. He was saying, or you know, whoever figured it out, the computer, that the Cowboys would get four compensatory picks, one each in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round. So that would be a windfall, and it kind of makes the trade up for Biades, uh giving up your fifth-round pick next year, insignificant if you get all those picks ahead of time. Yes. Uh, so the Cowboys had the most with four. There was a couple teams with three, and then uh, the majority of the teams uh, were projected to get two. Speaking of the center, Tyler Biades from uh, Wisconsin, who they traded up to take the last pick of the fourth round. Who do you think is going to be the starting center for this team when the season does start? Oh, I got a feeling it might be Tyler Biades. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not in game one or two, I bet by halfway through the season, uh, he's the starting center. I just think they like the idea of having Joe Looney, the backup center guard. Mm-hmm. And, and if this guy, and look, this guy played guard last, I mean, center last year. He actually called line shifts. He actually had to call out blitzes. You know, no one on the team right now before he was drafted had played center in the NFL last year because when Looney played, he or at least started, uh, he started at guard the one yep. game. So I like the fact that this guy had his hand on the ball last year. And he's got, he's got the pedigree as well. I mean, you know, the school he comes from, it, they're known for offensive linemen. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. If he doesn't come in and make an immediate impact, I'd be extremely surprised, Facts. I, I agree. And, uh, assuming he's healthy and he's had some yes. injury issues the last couple of years and coming off a of shoulder surgery uh, this offseason. Uh, but I think that they're, they're looking at it that Looney and Beattas are the center are at the center position. And if Beattas is ready, they go with him. If, if not, then Looney's ready. Looney starts. To start the year and Beata's, you know, and the only reason he wouldn't be ready, I think, is because they, he doesn't have the off season uh, or an injury. And then you got Williams and McGovern battling it out for the left guard spot. Uh, and the other part of this, Mickey, when you talk about their needs, they really haven't replaced Xavier Suafilo, who left in free agency yes, as a veteran true. inside guy. Well, that's going to have to be the loser of the McGovern Williams battle. Would be the backup guard, I would think. Right, but 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 still, even from an inventory standpoint, yeah, yeah, you like to right. have another veteran guy uh, in there in the mix, anyway. Well, maybe they're uh, looking at this Irving guy as that's what I was going to say, Spags. That would be perfect for what he's signing for. Yeah. yeah, that's why and, McClay is the man. That's why Will McClay is the man. And he if you exactly think about it, doing. and go back to Everson's uh, 1989 season, the Cowboys drafted Mark Stepnoski in the third round. If I remember correctly, Rafferty started the season in about halfway to two-thirds through the season, Stepnowski took over because they knew he was going to be the future center. So ain't going anywhere in this 1-15 in season, right? So might as well get him (laughs) in there and get him seasoned for 1990. So What do you think an old old veteran like Rafferty was like, 
I don't think he put up much of a fight. He's like, thank you. You yeah, can have right. this. <laughs> well, well, you know, the same thing happened to Ed Too Tall Jones, right, when they wanted to start Tony Tolbert at the end of the season. Yes. And everybody, the media, right. I said everybody, us media people, made a big deal out of it because it was going to break Ed's uh, consecutive start streak, right? That's true. And so when Jimmy figured out, oh, okay, this all started, and I think it was either the second to the last game of the season or the last game, and – and Jimmy said, okay, I'll start him, let him play two series, and I'll get over in there, right? And the funny thing was Ed was like, what's the big deal? He goes, I'm not coming back here next year. It doesn't matter. But it mattered to us media guys. All right, we I think we've lost Everson and Mickey. We are out of time on this oh, edition no. of uh, Mix Shots. Uh, a reminder: six thirty this evening. Six thirty this evening, right here. It's the schedule show, and that's when you will find out that the Cowboys are hosting the New York Giants <laughs> in the regular season. Is that where opener. you're putting your money, Bill? It's going to be the Giants? Money. Okay, that's my only prediction. The Cowboys host the Giants in the season opener. We'll talk at you again next week here on Mix Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!